Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Got another great guest episode today. We have Nick Hill, who's one of the co-founders of My Conversation. You can find out more at myconversation.ai. You've probably been hearing quite a bit about ChatGPT. In fact, AI, although it's been around for more than just these past six months, has exploded as a pivotal point of the conversation in today's business world. Well, Nick Hill and his team have been using AI to help businesses reach their customers better. We're going to be talking more about that and how you can really set yourself apart from the world of cold pitch outreach. You may not know this, but outreach has grown, cold outreach, excuse me, has grown by 80% since 2020. You've probably felt this in your inbox. We're going to chat with Nick today and see what's the answer to this. And more importantly, is there a way to leverage AI and still be a human and a genuine salesperson? All that and more is on today's episode. Stay tuned. Here's a word from one of the amazing sponsors of the podcast. You know that feeling at 10 o'clock at night when you finished a long day of work and you're trying to figure out all the financials of your business? Well, the good news is you don't have to be an expert in this space. You got to just know who is the expert to call. That person is Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions, and he does business bookkeeping services better than anyone else I know. By not only helping you manage your books, he can also be the expert to help you understand your books. On top of that, he also handles payroll for businesses and really takes the worry and stress of managing all of these things so that you can focus on running your business well. So what are you waiting for? Stop wasting time trying to understand all these elements of your business. Call Steve Lay at Equity Business Solutions and he'll show you the value beyond the numbers. Go to equitybusinesssolutionsllc.com to find out more. Uh, Nick, we were talking about sales and, um, I mentioned how we have people who are listening who are in the UK. You mentioned you have U S customers as well. Give us kind of like the spiel about what exactly is my conversation? Why did, why did you start it? What does it do? Why does it matter? Oh yeah, of course. So my conversation is kind of one of these ironic things now that was born out of the pandemic which sounds like really cheesy and there's loads of these kinds of businesses right that are born yeah born out of the pandemic but we're actually looking at my conversation myself and the co one of the co-founders and co-investors of the company we're looking at we were looking at the topic that my conversation sourced for some time because as i said to you earlier about i was you know a consultant as well working in sales process technology for many years with agencies and staff brands etc etc and one of the clients we work with kind of very interested in sales as well we we went on a bit of a journey together of looking at different ways that we could kind of you know more humanize humanize the process of selling but also fulfill the kind of obligation to the sales process which is you know ultimately pipeline and volume and all those things that you know we need in sales um but so we we went on that journey together and as part of that journey you know all of a sudden what we realized was uh back in 2019 2020 was that the traditional aspects of b2b sales were all going to change and actually most of it wasn't going to change back i.e the traditional methods of cold calling uh networking events all that kind of stuff that you know most traditional b2b sales people rely on you know sorry if that offends anyone who's listening <laughs> who does lots of cold calling it's a very contentious subject but we you know we looked at the data and we look at reports and we look at the mckinsey reports and the linkedin yeah. reports and, and the data tells us and was telling us 
um, back then even that things were going to change. So my conversation was born from that. We were looking at better ways to humanize digital outreach, online yeah. prospecting, online cold outreach. And that's what we're talking about. So, you know, your LinkedIn connections and messages and all that stuff that we see loads of now and oh, cold no. email is part yeah. of that. Yeah, of <laughs> course. So, so that's where it was born. And we actually realized that, to be honest, most, most of the times, uh, where cold outreach goes wrong. And that's not just, you know, emails, LinkedIn, phone calls, etc. Most of the time when cold outreach goes wrong is when it's irrelevant. That's the big thing for us. It's relevancy. So yeah. irrelevant content, irrelevant person, you know, irrelevant to me. That's yeah. when cold calling and cold outreach really feels, uh, you know, a bit slimy and a bit spammy. So for yeah. us, that was one of the things that we wanted to leverage technology uh, because that was mine and John's background was, you know, involved in technology and tech companies. Uh, but also we realized that you can't replace the human aspects of a, of a strong, of, a, of prospecting and a sales process. So within what we've developed in our conversation is technology around how to get the message out there to the right people and leverage the quality data and using the right content to create that connection. Um, and then the other aspects of it is really about expertise in what we're doing and having a team that can work with clients and actually move the needle help to understand what they're trying to achieve work out who their avatar is work out to put the right messaging yeah. together right and then support because most of our clients they have sales teams but they're looking for extra resource and support in get, getting hold of the right people finding the contacts they're struggling to find all that kind of stuff as well so that's all part of what we do at my conversation yeah let's park on that topic of relevancy for a second because you know, I joked a second about it. There's, there's nothing more aggravating than, and, I, and we all get them, you know, the LinkedIn requests that, you know, it's like, Hey, love what you're doing. Let's connect. And like, so like for me, I'm in business consulting. And so like the person's title yeah. is like helping business consultants, you know, get to seven figures yeah. or whatever. So you already know it's, it's kind of illegitimate, but beyond that, the DMS that you get, and not just with LinkedIn, but also in emails, the messages you get that are cold pitches, but are so not what I need or what I'm not interested in, or even yeah. worst case scenario, I had someone who reached out to me who it was this pitch for like this women's entrepreneurial program. And I was like, I'm a man. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I would I relevant your customer. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I, I kind of laughed about it, but even though that's like the most overt example, I think you've nailed it in that again and again and again, we're getting inundated with these messages that aren't just aggravating, but they're irrelevant to who we are, where we are in our business. Um, and frankly, the, even more annoying for, than that are the people who assume they are relevant in the sense of like, Blake, I know yeah. you need this. Hey, I've been thinking, I yeah. know you need this resource. And you're reading it thinking, I don't need that though. So I, yeah. I love where you're going with this. Yeah, I mean, that that's a classic example of an informative tone rather than an assumptive tone. I know you need this. This is, this is what I'm trying to get across and actually not creating any relationship from that cold outreach because what they're not doing is they're not making it about you. And let's be honest, the, the best effective outreach makes you the the focus and everybody wants everything to be about them that we need to accept that by definition as much as you know lots of good people out there in the world when it comes to business to business outreach the best the best outreach shows some curiosity in the recipient and and doesn't try to sort of uh get uh, propose on the first date 
So we, yeah. we, we advocate for all those, all those kind of do's and don'ts. I actually did a presentation to NatWest. If you've got UK listeners listening right now, that, that's a big bank in the UK and they do lots of, uh, entrepreneur accelerator kind of programs. So I was talking to a lot of room full of entrepreneurs and, and we're talking exactly about that and all the stories of, and I said to them, you know, something contentious that that one of my mentors said to me was um, about cold cold outreach is cold outreach isn't is annoying when it works. It you know when it works, it's not annoying. It's the problem yeah. is that most people worry about annoying people, and that's why they don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love this. I love this, and I also love you know um, something you were just mentioning as I was I was thinking about just like the messages that I've received is and this really aggravates me and since we both have a background in in consulting and sales um I I love how you mentioned how it's about the customer because this is so obvious and like anyone you say this to is going to be like well yeah of course and yet so few people are doing this like I think about yeah. like we all we, it's almost like there's a script out there being sold that you know everyone's on but we're all so familiar with the DM that's like, hey, Blake, love what you're doing. It's nice to, nice to meet you. And then they have like the paragraph that's like all about, you know, we are a tech company in Northwest Arkansas yeah. that's doing this many sales. We've been around for this many years. And here's some of our clients. And here's some of... So I love how you pivot that towards like, it's about the customer, which again, yeah. it's it's obvious, yet, yet no yeah. one's doing this. Like they're all giving the resume, which like you mentioned, is very aggravating. Yeah, I mean, you know, we I follow, um, you know, as part of what we do as the industry, and we follow all of the thought leaders on cold email, cold outreach, and sales, and, and you know, they're all they're all talking the right talk. They're they're, t- they're teaching the right, you know, you you know, make it about you, you know, make it about your prospect, make it about the recipient, all that kind of stuff. I think the challenge, I would say, the challenge is if you're in enterprise sales and you're working as an AE in in a big tech company. You have resource and, and a license to follow the right process, i.e. you can spend lots of time researching your prospects. And that's the ABM approach, right? That's going into detail, looking at each individual, working out where I can personalize my outreach, working out what touch points I need to put together. And you put together a strategy like that. But let's be honest, they're selling multi-million dollar deals. So they have the license and the resource to go into that level of energy. Anybody who's listening to this right now who is a startup founder, <laughs> consultant, entrepreneur, you just don't have the opportunity to do that and and do it at scale. That's the challenge. How do we right. do that at scale? How do we spend, you know, hours on that and still get out there to the right people with volume? And that's where where my conversation was developed because we felt like actually, yeah, you've got two extremes at the moment. You've got the ABM style approach, very personal, very tailored to the individual. It is human, you know, it's obvious. It's human. But then you've got the other end of the scale, chat automation and LinkedIn connecting and request software and cold email software and all that kind of stuff. And so you've got one extreme to the other and and actually like where we where we sit is kind of in the middle somewhere. Yeah. You know, we're using data and you know, it's still automated, but we're we're making it feel more personal. And the way that we do that is not by creating a single obviously, you know, chat GPT is there now. You, you can you can automate this stuff. <laughs> But it's still yeah. robotic. It's still it's still very robotic right, right now. So for us, the, the best way to, to, if you're looking to do cold outreach but scale still without sitting there right in line by line, is industry uh, tailor your campaigns. So if you if you know if you're trying to sell your products, focus on the industry because that provides relevancy. You know, if I'm reaching out to you, Blake, and I say, hey, the consulting industry, da 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 da. 
you know, it's straight away, it's relevant, you know? Right. Okay, I've still got to make sure what I'm selling you is something you need, but, you right. know, I'm not trying to say you're then joining a, a women's coaching group, right? It, it's relevancy. And then use good quality data. That's another thing that we really advocate for. Good quality data. So many, there's so much poor quality data out there and, and quality data can really help, you know, make your cold outreach stand out in the right way because it, it provides you with more insights and more uh, better ways to get somebody's attention. Yeah. And let's, let's build on that, you know, talking about like the leveraging, not just good data, but good, like digital services, good technology to, there's often that I talk to younger business owners, younger, meaning uh, newer in their business who um, they don't have like a CRM tool. They don't don't have any kind of analytics, any kind of data they're using. It's very much um, throw as many darts at the board and just hope, hope and pray that something sticks. Um, I love how technology is a big piece of what you guys are doing. Um, share me a little bit more about like why that was such a central point for um, my conversation. Well, one of the reasons why is because the the co-founder, <laughs> the other half of it, uh, developed um, developed like three or four different ad tech businesses. So had a lot of experience in developing technology around the service and. And one of the things I hadn't done, even though I'd worked in technology and SaaS for many years, is I'd never actually developed software or anything like that. So that was one of the things was it was a goal um, that we achieved, which for me was a, a real challenge, which was actually being involved in software development. That's not my background or anything to do, you know, not, nothing to do with that. So, so yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, but the other, the other part of it was that, you know, for us, it was always going to be about scale. And technology is, is clearly going to be an enabler of cold outreach to scale. Um, without using technology, it's very difficult to, to scale up to any level of um, effectiveness with your cold outreach. Unless, you know, we're talking about these these kind of highly focused, you know, I only need one deal. You know? So, you know, I can, I can spend a lot of time uh, doing things very manually. I think other than that, technology and even that and even those, those people utilize technology, they utilize intelligence. In technology for us, that was a big thing. It does feel like people are hesitant to let, like I know with my customers, one of like the key tenets, and this is something that I've kind of just after the fact kind of conceptualized or thought about is just how much, you know, maybe I'm just like a tried and true millennial. I don't know, but like digital technology is so important to the work that I'm doing with my customers. And I have noticed that there are people who are just very hesitant and even sometimes like outright, um, uh, not, I don't say unwilling, like they don't, they're not like, you know, lighting candles in their house. They're not anti-technology, but it feels like there maybe there's some, there's some kind of connection there between like what you're personally touching and then like letting go of parts of your business. Mm-hmm. Like as you bring in technology, there's things that you let go of and it does feel like, yeah certain entrepreneurs have a tougher time than others um for people listening who are apprehensive uh, especially thinking about this one step further a lot of these technologies is in many cases the first time that younger business owners are going to start investing in their business like maybe they've been had an, an extremely lean business and so now it's like okay i am going to spend a hundred dollars a month on this one service or whatever the price is um Talk a little bit about what advice you have for business owners who are more apprehensive, a little wary, um, or even maybe not wary, but kind of confused on there's so many SaaS companies out there. There's so many options. 
you know, what do I do to really leverage technology well? I think I, I'd probably take a step back from the technology piece and, and say, what are you what are you in it for? What's the goal? Because if you if you get and I I, I had to do this myself by the way, and so I'm talking from like sort of the painful experience <laughs> of this, which is what are you trying to do? A lot of people want to grow business, right? They want to grow business and scale. Uh, growth and scale are two different things, as we know. So one of the things I'd say is technology is enabled to scale in, in most parts of business, not just sales, right? But in most areas of business, technology is going to help you scale in, in 2023. Um, one thing you mentioned about this control piece, I think that is really, really like a big thing that I've found working with as a consultant, working with lots of different founders and agency founders and tech companies. And I still, we still see it now with our clients in this, this element of control and fear of the unknown. But I think if you're trying to grow a business, Ultimately, to grow that business, uh, you're going to have to let go of control. Anyone who's got a successful business has been able to let go of control in the right way. You know, still controlling the the process does not mean you control everything. You know, so I think it's it's part of that mindset shift, I suppose, to saying, okay, we need to do this, and 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 maybe this might go wrong, but we're going to learn from that. And I think there's a good book on my bookshelf somewhere by Ray Dalio called Principles, and he he. He he de- he deals with that in a really cool way around how they grew their business, which is basically like making lots of mistakes and then documenting the hell out of everything <laughs> and using technology to document everything that was going wrong to make yeah. it better. But I think the part, my, the core to my message is TLDR: you have to learn to let go. <laughs> anyway, regardless of technology, if you're going to grow a successful business, you're going to have to bring other people into your business, and that and that can be quite scary for business owners as well. Is letting go of the sales process, letting go of client delivery and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, Technology had, is just one part of that. Yeah. And I've had customers who, you know, we talk about as we scale, like the business owner themselves, letting go of certain pieces that, you know, the immediate kind of cliche response is, oh, I, I could never let go of that. Like I could never let, you know, I could never let my employee do that. And um, it's just so funny after the fact, when business owners finally do embrace scaling that they're like, okay, yeah, this is way better. Than me, than me handling <laughs> yeah. every single part of the business. <laughs> yeah, double, double, you t- double the amount of clients you got tomorrow, and you'll be begging to let go of some of that <laughs> stuff, right? But to to double the to du- the irony is to double the number of clients you got. You got you're probably going to have to let go of a few things anyway, right? To, to be able to get to that point. So it's kind of a catch twenty two for some people. It's like a lot of consultants, as you know, I was my, the same myself. You hit a ceiling, right, of what you can do. As a as one person, as how many people you can manage, and then that that the scale becomes how do I do that mm-hmm. um, without me? And it's always the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more question, bringing it back to the amazing work you guys are doing. Um, you know, something that's mentioned on your website is is helping customers, your customers, sort of figure out their messaging. You know, their USP, um, unique selling yeah. proposition or position, uh, their customer avatar. One of the things I hear in this, and I don't do that kind of work per se, but a lot of times when I'm talking with businesses who are scaling, we do go back to this of like, well, who's who's your best customer? Like, tell me more about this. And I love this answer that I get. And I'm assuming it's something that you often get as well in these early conversations. When, when you ask someone like, who do you sell to? Who's your best customer? Um, you inevitably get the answer. Well, everybody, you know, anyone, you know, or, um, I had yeah. some, I had a guy one time who I said, well, who, who's your, who's your target customer? And he said, people who use the internet. And I was like, okay, well, that's. <laughs> 
It's like 6 billion <laughs> people, I guess. So um, for people listening who are newer to the entrepreneurial world, you know, they want to get better into the sales world. They want to really level up that pipeline. What's your advice for someone in terms of like really getting a grip on who their customer is? Um, yeah, I think it's a really good, it's a, it's a huge one. Uh, in fact, it's so big that even though we do cold outreach as part of our onboarding, it's one of the first things we sit down and do. And people often surprise and go, why are we doing this for? And it's like, yeah, we, we, we're not going to assume that you understand who your ideal client is. And actually to success for us and for you is to, we, we need to make sure we've got that documented. So we're going to do a bit of work on that. And we're not marketing consultancy, as, as you can see on our website, but it is a key component. And when I was doing it as a consultant, it was a key component. So yeah, my advice would be don't boil the ocean. Like you just said, there's too many, uh, it's too easy just to say well, we can work with this, this, this huge uh, demographic or this huge, you know, like opportunity. Yes, obviously you want to have a blue ocean strategy when you're growing a business. You want to be tapping into a, uh, a category that less people are, right? That's how you're going to succeed. But the irony is that, yeah, to do that, you also have to start at a certain point. And so when we work in clients, you know, like you said, the first thing they say is, you know, well, we could, we, yeah, there's so many different avatars we could work with. There's so many different ones. It's like, yeah, but we want to learn about each one and we want to run a campaign for each one. So let's start with, and that's often the hard bit is going, where do we start? And so right. for me, I, I normally look at, well, in our team, we look at the, the low hanging fruit. So like, you know, if tomorrow a deal was to come in, what kind of deal would that be for you to be really happy? What kind of customer, mm-hmm. what size of business, all that kind of stuff. Let's work that out and it's kind of go back a couple of steps and work that out. So again, if you start in business, it's like, yes, yeah, be ambitious about your goals. But for us at my conversation where we actually started out and we've got a really good foothold now, is in a, a strange, not strange, but a, a very specific niche in, in, um, in partnerships. So we do a lot of partnership outreach. So it's the same principles, right? B to B, but it, it's using. It was a opportunity because those companies who had partnership teams, and a lot of them are big brands. We've got quite a few big brands that we support in that way. They didn't have the resources. They're not salespeople, so they're really struggling to do what we do. And it just was a really good fit. So that that would be my advice: is trying to figure out. You know, you might have this kind of plan to to dominate the world, and that's great. But also think about where would you start tomorrow in dominating? It's not going to be everybody. It's going to be a specific group. And the people who've got the problem that you can solve and maybe nobody else is talking to them, that's a really good place to start. And it's hard. It's hard that, you know, I can't, I'm generalizing a lot here. It's hard to go specify (laughs) into um, examples, but that's kind of what it is, right? I think it's great advice. And I think for you guys, I think people listening, there's a group of people who are like, okay, yeah, I'm going to laser focus and like, you know, hone in. Uh, and then I think there's some of you guys listening who you got to check yourself because you're thinking, yeah, yeah, but I really do think I could sell to everybody. And, um, you know, just know you're, you're probably giving yourself more work than you need. So, uh, Nick, this has been a great conversation, man. For people who are listening, who are thinking, okay, I want to, I want to, I want to talk more to this guy. I want to, I want to learn more about this business and maybe even hire this business. I want to really level up my sales, uh, outreach and turn uh, cold customers into raving fans of the business. What's the best thing for people to do next? Well, yeah, definitely, definitely go onto our website, um, myconversation.ai. Is there you can get hold of the team on that. There's there's contact button, uh, booking a you know a call, etc. Um, if you if you want to connect me personally, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, obviously, I know we've talked about that today, but yeah, 
we still got to be on there, right? So <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn. We don't do any cold, we don't do any cold DMs or anything on LinkedIn, actually. But yeah, I'm on there. Um, I'm getting all the same barrage and stuff like everybody else. Um, but yeah, Nick Nick Hill. My conversation again is is a page on on uh, LinkedIn. You should find me through through that. Uh, there's there's quite a few Nick Hills. So if you go in my conversation and search, you should find me that way as well. Yeah. Well, Nick, I so appreciate you tuning in today after your workday uh, over in the UK. So thanks for making the time and thanks for being here. No worries. Really, really awesome. Thanks for that, Blake. Hey guys, I'm going to put the link to uh, his business down in the episode description. It's myconversation.ai, as well as a link to his LinkedIn profile. You can continue to follow more about the business. And hey, if this is the first time you've checked out the episode, what the heck are you waiting on? Click the subscribe button or click the follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And don't forget, if you own an amazing business and you've been thinking about advertising your business, you can absolutely reach out to me at blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Or if you want to just support the podcast, Podcast, you can go to our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. Thank you, of course, for all of your support. It is so appreciated. That's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.